and welcome to Moonwise, a monthly podcast featuring conversations with women of power. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and in this episode, we bring you my conversation with Katie Hess of Lotus Way about flower alchemy and how to bloom into your full potential. This month, I've divided the podcast into two sections. Our lunar forecast with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman can be found in part two. We had such a fascinating conversation about this lunar cycle and the Huntress Moon that I wanted to give that section some extra time. So you'll find it in iTunes and on the moontent.co website as a separate audio file. So please check that out and enjoy. Katie Hess is a flower alchemist and the founder of Lotus Way, one of the world's leading floral apothecaries. After 15 years of independent research of flower and plant-based healing, her flower-powered community is thriving in over 15 countries. She instigates a revolution with the premise that you transform the world by transforming yourself with a little help from flowers. Katie travels worldwide to seek out flowers that reduce stress, improve sleep, and accelerate personal growth. Her work has been featured by Oprah Magazine, The New York Times, and Martha Stewart, and her new book, Flower Evolution, is about blooming into your full potential with the magic of flowers. Katie, you're doing a lot of work to educate people about the vast benefits of flowers for our health. Can you start by talking about what a flower essence is and how it's different from an essential oil? Yeah, so... Um, flower elixirs have been around for thousands of years, um, but they're quite different from essential oils in that essential oils have a really strong aroma. They are like the juice of a plant, so you can gather it from the roots, the leaves, the seeds, and it requires a lot of plant material and um, distillation equipment and heat and condensation um, to create, you know, to be able to extract the, the, the oils literally from the plant. Whereas a flower elixir, it doesn't have a scent. It doesn't require a lot of so much plant material or um, complicated equipment. Um, historically, doctors actually used to ask their patients to go out and find special flowers and drink the dew drops from the top of the flowers. And so that was sort of like the old school way of of gathering flower elixirs. Luckily, we've evolved into being able to make more. Um, and it really, it's a solution that's made of alcohol and water. And it's more similar to homeopathy in that the more dilute it is, the more of a, an emotional, mental remedy it is versus, say, like a, a physical remedy, like a tincture or an essential oil. Very neat. So it sounds like it's both a subtle medicine, but it actually has really um, powerful effects on people both in their mood and physiologically. So can you tell me a little bit more about um, what kind of changes people see when they work with um, these types of elixirs? Yeah, so typically the elixirs are taken internally like three to five times a day, you can also use them externally. So with that level of commitment and frequency, um, what we notice is that after about three to five days, you start to feel like, hmm, 
hmm, something's different. Kind of like I just usually describe it as like the edge of life comes off. Things are softer, less irritation. You feel like you're in the right place at the right moment. Just like more of a sense of joy and you at your perfect balance when there's no static or stress. Um, within the first month, most people will notice that any sort of intense emotions will dissolve and they'll sleep really deeply. And then where it gets really interesting is over time, if you use the flower elixirs regularly, around about four months or so, you start to see changes in your life that are are bigger. And I believe it's because your inner landscape has changed. And so what happens is the outer world or the outer reality starts to reflect back to you those changes that are happening inside, which would typically mean like um, changing relationships, uh, maybe letting go of certain friendships and embracing new ones or new jobs or, um, you know, doing something that you've always been afraid of or you know, sort of bigger, more life changes at that point. All of us as human beings, if we go out into the forest or a park for a few hours, we feel the difference. We may not be able to put a finger on what exactly that is, right? But studies are showing that, for example, um, they're showing that bees are actually not attracted to color and fragrance like we thought of flowers, that they're actually in a subtle communication with flowers. The, The flowers are emitting a very subtle form of electricity and they can actually communicate different things to the bees like I've been pollinated or I'm ready to be pollinated or how much nectar I have and the bees feel the little electrical impulses on the little hairs on their legs <laughs> so there's a lot more going on than we can see also in other countries they're far more advanced in this type of uh, understanding and studies than we are like Japan for example they have a practice called Shinrin-joku, which is, uh, translates to forest bathing. Bathing meaning like bathing in the energy of the forest. And um, in Tokyo, the medical schools have actually shown that it reduces cortisol, obviously stress, white blood cells, so like imbalance, infection. Um, they've shown that it can even prevent uh, you know, long-term chronic illnesses. And so they, they take this so seriously that they've certified 44 of their national forests to be appropriate for forest bathing. So, I mean, it, in other countries, it's taken very seriously. We, you know, in the West, I find that we have a lot more healthy, can be healthy skepticism as long as we don't let it prevent us from trying new things. But interestingly, I also see us embracing things that we can't see. Like, for example, our cell phones are emitting you know, waves that are invisible to the human eye, but we still believe in it because we know it works. So in some ways, it's like, it's just making that leap of like, well, if a machine can have invisible waves of energy, could a living thing that knows exactly the moment when to grow and bloom also have invisible waves of energy? It's not so hard to, you know, accept. Right, right. And that makes sense that, you know, if a bee is feeling this electricity coming from a flower, why wouldn't we feel something as well, whether it's conscious or not? And we're also living beings that have kind of evolved with these plants. So it makes sense that we would have some kind of relationship or connection with them and that it could be really beneficial in the right moment. Exactly. I believe that there is definitely a language that, that is uh, occurring, uh, communication that's occurring between us and plants and flowers all the time when we're around them. It's just a different type of communication that we may not be as attuned to when we were children. 
I think we were a lot more attuned to it. And I, you know, oftentimes in workshops, I'll do exercises with people that bring them back into their childhood. And, and when you start thinking about it, it's like, yeah, oh yeah. Like I was very in tune with how magical the world was when I was a child. And so I think it's, it's kind of like a muscle that atrophies, right? And once we start tapping into that again, all of us can speak the language of plants and flowers. Hmm, that's beautiful. And so as a lifelong spiritual seeker, you've studied meditation and mindfulness awareness techniques with several Tibetan Buddhist masters, including the Dalai Lama and the Karmapa. And you've said that one of the most powerful ways to cultivate inner peace is through plant-based remedies. I'm so intrigued by, um, by how you came to the plants kind of through, uh, meditation and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if we dial it back to like, you know, 17, 18 years ago when I first started doing consultations, I think what shocked me the most was how quickly these flower elixirs work. So I would see clients once a month and I would, you know, put together a customized formula of flower elixirs for them. And we talk every month. And what happened was I just started to sort of go crazy because I was like watching people come back after one month and their faces had changed, their body language changed. Like I'd have them, we'd listen to the voicemail on their cell phone to hear how their vocal cords had changed. You know, they would, it would sound a lot tighter and like their voices would relax as their vocal cords relaxed. And I think, you know, at a certain point it was just like, oh my gosh, like this is absolutely insane. Like how does everyone not know about this? And here I am like stuck in this little office and it's all confidential and I can't tell anyone about it. And at the same time as I was, you know, developing my practice, I was, you know, in terms of flower elixirs and clients, I was also focusing every day on developing my own personal practice and really diving into uh, different types of meditation practices, purification, mindful awareness, studying with different types of masters from Asia and Tibet in particular, and seeing a lot of overlap in terms of mm, sort of like positive side effects from both, you know, from uh, both flower elixirs and meditation seem to have this capability to um, heighten your senses, mindful awareness, to accelerate personal growth, to give us sort of access to something that we didn't have access to before, sort of like uh, showing us a doorway or a window to another way of being that we maybe didn't see before. And it, it's like all right here within us. But suddenly, um, you know, the methods make that very possible. Flower elixirs, when taken regularly, have this really magical, funny effect where they can show you things about yourself that you didn't see before. So like, do you want a really simple example? Yeah. Okay. So I remember when I had this aha moment because I've always been a really peaceful person and it kind of takes a lot to ruffle me. And I remember taking this particular flower essence and just realizing like, wow, I am such an impatient person. And it was like, I had never realized before in my whole entire life, like how incredibly impatient I am. I mean, you know, it was like shocking, like, wow, (laughs) I thought I was so peaceful. And here I am just like full of impatience and I want things to be like right now. And so now I could see it. Now I could change it. Whereas before I never realized that about myself. So I couldn't 
have a choice in how I would adjust that or change that or adapt that. Um, so it's almost like sometimes we describe it as like, um, we're all like these onions and we just peel off the layers. And as we peel off the layers, we see what's underneath. So in that way, meditation and the use of flower elixirs is very similar. Something I find really fascinating, speaking of studies, is this study that they did in Europe. It was a 10-year-long longitudinal study where they studied a group of people. And they actually found out that if your friend's friend's friend becomes wildly happy, it has more of a beneficial effect on you than if you, if someone put $5,000 cash in your pocket. And this is someone that you don't even know. So, uh, you know, if, if we become wildly happy, it has more of a beneficial effect on some, on a complete stranger than if someone put that amount of money in their pocket. And so I think what science is showing us is what we kind of thought all along is that this whole notion of world peace begins with inner peace, like there's something to it. And so we don't have to get overwhelmed about, my God, I want to change the world. And there's so many things that are screwed up. And how am I even going to start? And like, what can I contribute? And I'm this little person. And it's like, no, you're not a little person. You're like extremely powerful. You're so powerful that if you dance naked in your bedroom today and you create a lot of joy in your heart, some neighbor down the street you know, might be mowing their lawn and they suddenly get this wave of joy and laughter because of you dancing naked privately in your bedroom. Like, like we're all so connected. Um, and I think there's a, there's a kind of a comfort in that, that we, we do make a difference in every moment without even knowing it. Yeah, what a beautiful affirmation of the idea that changing yourself is the first step and that self-care really, it's not something that's just selfish or indulgent. It's actually, if you're caring for yourself, you're caring for a piece of the world and also impacting the beautiful web that you're connected to. So I love that. What's good for us is actually good for everyone else. And I think sometimes we have an internal fight that we need to sacrifice and we can't take a nap and we have to keep working and we just you know have to drive ourselves into the ground and in fact what's good for us is always good for everyone else that's a powerful thing to remember I love that and I know I personally struggle sometimes with just feeling unworthy if I'm not running around stressed and just working hard and busy 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 and um yeah I would I would love to experiment myself with just like a daily, like, Hey, I'm going to take this flower elixir. And this is just a moment to remind myself, um, and let, let that medicine work with me. Um, that's really beautiful. And one thing that I, I love about your work too, is that, um, you kind of remind people that although we live in this kind of stressful modern world, we're actually living in this beautiful paradise and that mother earth is ready and waiting to support us. And something that I've you know, seen you talk about a bit is that, you know, if we're noticing more what these flowers are doing, like if we take an elixir every day, we may very well start to notice the beauty around us a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for people who are not taking flower elixirs or don't have access to them, I mean, just another really powerful practice is to just spend more time in nature and not just spend more time in nature and then like think, 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 think about all the things that I did or have to do or, you know, it's like allowing yourself to disengage from the thinking mind 
and listen more, like listen to the sounds and see the colors. And then there's another, even another type of listening, which requires a really open mind, but it, it's kind of fun to experiment with is, is like, if there really were a communication with plants, what might they be telling you? And if you could open up and really it's more just like an opening up being open-minded and just being curious, like, is it even possible? What might they say? And you know, it's funny because you would think that I would have that perspective for many, many years. And, and, and actually, it was only just, um, say, like last year where I started looking at the plants around in my backyard and front yard and thinking like, wow, like, I wonder what messages they have for me and right now. And at the time, um, <laughs> for the last year, I have this elderly dog who's been like on the edge of transition. Like, she's dying. No, she's not. She's dying. No, she's not. And she's still here. Um, but when I last fall, when I, I really thought she was going and I was going through like a lot of really heavy grief because she's like my best friend, I started, I was thinking about like, it started with me thinking like, oh, well, when I cremate her, I could make this beautiful ceremony and put flowers and, you know, beautiful aromatics from the yard that she's like been around. And then I started looking around and thinking like, okay, well, what would, it sounds kind of strange, but if the jasmine plant had a message for me, what would it be? If the pomegranate had a message for me, what would it be? If the juniper tree had a message for me, what would it be? And it was actually pretty profound, the information that came through. And so I encourage people to like go out into your backyard, go to a park, sit next to a tree, sit next to a bush, and just like see what it feels like to open your mind and ask, like if you had a message for me, what would it be? And sometimes the things that come in your mind are, uh, surprise you in a way that you know it's not just your own thinking it's something fresh and different and insightful um so yeah I think there's messages out there all the time and you know we prove that by like if you go into a flower shop and you choose flowers it's never arbitrary you always we always move closer to what benefits us and we see that I see that in the business a lot when we lay out like all the flower cards or we have the whole you know the idea of the book where you choose um, the flowers that you're most visually attracted to. And it's always like 99.999% is always like super right on. And, and we realize like, wow, we're so intuitive and we know exactly what we need, even though we might not intellectually know that we know. Yeah, let's talk about the book and your new flower cards because these are two really gorgeous tools um, featuring photography by Louis Schwartzberg that um, people can use to kind of hone and learn to trust that intuition um, and that ability to kind of find what it is that we need ourselves. And so your new book is called Flower Evolution and I'd love to hear a little bit about the inspiration for creating that. Yeah, I mean, it, it came out of all of this work and just seeing like how incredibly transformative and powerful flowers and plants can be in our lives and um, wanting to, you know, put that all into it like a huge reference book that um, people from many different walks of life could relate to and on different levels. Like if you like the visuals, the visuals are there. If you want to know like how the heck do flower elixirs work and like what's going to happen if I take them, that's in there. If you want like how to make uh, squash blossoms and um, how to, you know, cook with flowers or how to make body care products with flowers or meditations. Like we tried to just load it with as many juicy, good, good, fun things having to do with flowers. 
Um, my favorite part is the, the sort of choose your own adventure section where you choose from, uh, from 48 different flowers what you're most attracted to. And then not only do you find out interesting information about the flower, but it's more like a mirror or a reflection tool back inside to you. There's reflection questions. It tells you what it means about you if you're attracted to that flower, what that flower can do for you, and different action steps that you can take to sort of elicit the quality of that flower into your life. And um, I mean, I just think that it's pretty fascinating that we can use flowers as reflection tools or mirrors that show into ourselves things that we might not have seen before. Yeah. And and so for our listeners who are newer to this, what it is is basically um, a layout of different images of different flowers. And then you kind of take a look at them and um, ask yourself which one you're most drawn to, like as a first instinct. And then you can learn more about the medicine of that plant and how it can support your life. And so um, at Lotus Way, you have um, some of these exercises on your website. I've noticed you've done it on Instagram too, which is really fun. And then sounds like it's also in the book. And and are the flower cards the same concept or how does that work? Yeah. So there's two different ways you can use a flower deck. I love it. It's so fun. So you can use, use the visual method, which is like laying them all out and choosing three or going through the deck and, you know, making some piles like like it, don't like it, and then you winnow it down to the, your favorite ones. Or you can use it more sort of like an oracle deck where you just randomly pick and you have a really clear intention, like say, okay, I have a challenge. What are the three way, three cards I'm going to pick that will help me navigate this particular challenge? Or what is my current impact in the world? And then you pull three cards at random, sort of like the oracle deck style, and then you can interpret the story from the flowers and the messages that come through. Cool. What's so neat about this is that for those of us who maybe don't have a forest preserve nearby or don't have the time to go into nature as much as we'd like, it's almost like um, bringing nature's wisdom into our daily life um, in a different way. So kind of bringing the forest to you. <laughs> oh my gosh, totally. I mean, we don't spend enough time in nature, right? I mean, it's like, Oftentimes when I teach workshops to this um, herbalism class, you know, I get lots of young folks being like, I want to intern with you because they're visualizing me out in the flower fields every single day. And I, and I have to tell them like, no, like I'm running a business, like I'm on the computer most of the day, like everyone else, you know, we're, we're inside, um, you know, oftentimes without a lot of light, we're you know, diving our heads into the computers and our cell phones at like all hours of the day, um, because that's the way things are these days. Uh, so that's what's so cool about the flower. Like, so it's just like you said, you know, we may not have five hours today to go and frolic in the, in the park or <laughs> climb trees. Um, but we can, we can, by taking flower elixirs, it's bringing that energy in. It's like you can feel the way you would feel if you were outside or in the sunshine um, just by simply putting a few drops in your mouth or in your tea or your water. And that's pretty great because we need it because things are evolving at such a pace. I mean, if you think about the amounts of invisible waves from our cell phones and computers that we don't see, 
that are in our environment and are affecting our bodies and creating fatigue. I mean, I, I pretty much think that we've, we've gotten to a point where using these types of remedies is necessary because we just need the extra help and the extra boost. Well, you've said that for every mood and feeling, there's a flower. Choose a flower and change your life. And I was wondering, is there a particular flower that you're working with right now or one that you feel is asking to be in support of people right now as we collectively face a lot of increasing stress in our lives? Yeah, so a couple different ways to answer that question. One is um, we we developed actually for that very reason a program called the Flower Evolution, which is where we um, ship out whatever the latest and greatest elixir is that we collected from wherever on our travels around the world. And um, honestly, I, I personally still don't even totally fully understand how it works. We choose the flowers intuitively in batches of six months and we don't really think much of it. And then each month as we're taking the flower, it's like, oh my God, like it's so right on. Like how is this even possible? Whether it's like astrological or collective consciousness, it just seems to be like a theme. This is what so many people are going through. So to give you an example, um, we just moved out of a flower called clock vine, Indian clock vine flower, which is all about um, vulnerability and allowing ourselves to see the truth within ourselves and like really get to the, the heart of the matter and, and see what is real for us, what is happening inside and be okay with that. And not only be okay with that, but be able to allow others to kind of see in a window to our vulnerability. We may not, you know, tell everyone around us the story of what's going on in our lives, but just allowing people to see us as we really are and see what's really going on is somehow um, healing and cathartic. And then we would just moved into a flower called Icelandic Vesia, which is this beautiful purple wildflower that we found next to a hot springs and a waterfall in Iceland, which is all about it's like that feeling when you just lie down in the flowers in the field and you look up at the sky and everything releases and relaxes and you can just let your guard down, let it all hang out. Um, allow yourself to just like be fully who you are with no inhibitions, um, which feels really good. Uh, another theme I've been seeing lately is um, trumpet vine, which is really helpful for speaking your truth speaking your mind, like not worrying about being so damn PC and saying the right thing and the perfect thing is just like saying what's on your mind, being direct, speaking your truth, and then, you know, operating from that place and taking the next step of the, the next time. So those are some of the themes that I'm seeing uh, more recently. Hmm. I feel like I could take some of the trumpet vine myself right now. <laughs> Sounds like good support. <laughs> Um, I noticed that currently you work mostly with women and it made me wonder if there's something special about the connection between women and flowers or women in nature that makes them so receptive to this kind of work, or if it might just be that our culture kind of says it's acceptable for women to be into flowers and, um, surrounded by flowers or enjoying the scents. Um, curious what you think about that. Yeah, I think that's a really great and interesting question. I think it's a little bit of both in, in some ways that maybe that women are more, um, sort of naturally open to flowers because we create life in our bodies. And so that, you know, as, um, there's an affinity to flowers in that way. 
on the other hand, I do believe that there is there are some cultural differences, and I think that men are um, maybe not invited into that uh, conversation as readily. I know that when I was training a group of massage therapists at a spa in Florida, I remember a male massage therapist saying that it was really hard for him to ask his male clients to choose which flower they were most attracted to. And so he, he said, well, I, 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 no worries. I found the solution. I just take out the, the card with the flowers on it. And I'm like, Hey, if you were going to go to Home Depot and pick out a plant for your wife, which one would you pick for her? <laughs> and and it was just like so curious to me. Like I thought it was so clever that he found a way around it and found a way to put into a language that would make men feel comfortable. On the other hand, it's like, geez, you know, uh, we all live on this incredible paradise called earth. And, you know, flowers are really what keeps things going. If we didn't have flowers, we wouldn't have food, period. And so we wouldn't have life, we wouldn't be here. And so I think as we, I think that that will be changing really soon. Um, a friend of mine who's a guy is creating a documentary series around plant medicine. And so I think as time goes on, maybe we'll equalize that conversation a little bit more and make the flowers accessible to both men and women. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that about um, our food and how really dependent we are in a way to these um, on these plants. And one of my herbal medicine teachers used to say that plants are actually our ancestors because they were here before us and they actually created the oxygen that we breathe and they built the soil that we walk on and that we grow our food on. And of course, I mean, pollinating our almonds and all these other plants. But um, yeah, I, that was such a profound reframing for me about our place in the world and how um, important these beings are that we're surrounded by. And we're just like, oh, that's just shrubs and greenery. But it's like, actually, they like made the world so we can be here. <laughs> mm, totally. I mean, if you think about just like the age of the earth alone, it's like 4.5 billion years old. I mean, if you think about the earth as an organism and how much incredible experience the earth has had and the wisdom, um, I, I read somewhere that if you hold your arms out to each side, like hold your, your fingertips out to each side, That if that were the age of the earth, the length of the time that the humans have been on the earth is like smaller than your pinky fingernail. And so we're really like the, the, the young kids on the block in some ways. And I love what you said about the oxygen because sometimes I think, you know, in terms of things that we don't see that have tremendous power over us, it's like, what is one of the most intimate relationships that we have that we never think about and that most human beings have never once in their lifetime thought about, but it's one of the most intimate relationships ever is with the plants with the oxygen because we're breathing each other's air. Like these are beings, we are breathing each other's air. We would not be here without them. But, and yet, like we just sort of ignore that or don't even reflect on that. I, I, I just think it's fascinating and, Trees are so generous, like one tree will produce enough oxygen for two people. And so it's like, I love how Mother Nature is showing us every time like abundance, you know, we get into these like spin cycles in our heads about like lack and I'm not enough and there's not enough. And, and it's like, if you just look at Mother Nature, it's like, there's always enough and too much. Like you have one fruit tree in your backyard and you have so many fruits, you have to start sharing them with your neighbors because you can't eat them fast enough, right? It's like, 
abundance. That's the real story. That's so true. And I just got chills while you were talking because it just made me think that so often we feel disconnected or we feel unsupported and we feel like nothing's working out. Nobody's helping me. I don't have the community I want or the partner or the friendships or the money or whatever. And when you really think about it and what you're saying is we are actually surrounded by support. Like there are beings that are literally making it possible for us to breathe. There's water that makes it possible for us to survive and food and just the sheer amount of life that's supporting our waking moment in this time, just today, is incredible when you think about it. And so it makes me think like these elixirs are almost like a reminder of, hey, by the way, you're actually being supported by all of life today. And here's a way to bring that into your daily practice. Totally. I, I, I mean, all of us struggle. All of us have issues. All of us have pain. Um, or have like little knots that we have to unravel that sometimes just feel like insurmountable. We've all felt that way. And like sometimes all it takes is just a walk outside in nature. My teacher always says that um, plants take away our poisons. Um, and, and, and I really believe that's true. They are so incredibly generous and supportive, like you said, that oftentimes when we have like a heartache, we can go sit under a tree and then after an hour we feel better. Like something has eased that, you know, and, and it is incredibly inspiring to think that there are like what 40 some thousand species of different flowers and every single, every single one on the planet, plus all the plants and shrubs and bushes and trees that every single one of those has a really specific thing that it does for us, that it awakens in us, that it accelerates for us. It's like, unbelievable like we're sitting in the, the the most massive apothecary and the most beautiful apothecary that could ever we couldn't you know even imagine it's like right there at our fingertips if we listen wow beautiful <laughs> well you've said that you want to make flower essences as widely understood and accepted as things like yoga and Tai Chi and meditation, and even encourage people to have a flower remedy cabinet in their home and in their offices. And um, I'm curious, what do you think will take to get us to that goal? Because I think that would be wonderful. And I do think it's the future of um, healing and medicine. I agree. I, I, I oftentimes think of it in terms of like, um, you know, when we were young, so I was young in like the eighties and even at that time in the eighties, it was kind of rare that moms would be using lavender oil or essential oils with their kids. That was still kind of like a hippie mom thing to do. I know my mom didn't use them with, with me. Now it's like every mom's using lavender oil and essential oils, right? So I believe that we're right now about where the essential oils were in the eighties. But I think the, 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 Awareness of this type of healing modality will move faster because of social media and digital, uh, you know, mass education. Um, you know, in some ways, I think it's like one by one. Everyone has to, you kind of have to try them to understand how they work. Because in some ways, if I would have heard this conversation, having never tried flower elixirs, it does sound too good to be true. It's like, seriously, what? Like a flower has energy and it makes you feel a certain way. And it makes you feel better and accelerates personal growth. Like, 
that's crazy. But when you experience it for yourself, it becomes this, you know, thing that you just can't argue with because you know, because you felt it and you experienced it. And so, you know, and once that becomes a part of your consciousness, it sort of kind of starts to spread. And there's that hundredth monkey thing, you know, like eventually it will seem normal to people. And, um, also, I think just as as our culture experiences more and more stress, you know, I hate I hate to think that things get worse before they get better, but sometimes that's the case, and sometimes we don't want to wake up until something painful happens. And so, as you know, more and more people can't sleep at night and feel stressed and get depressed, and um, as we like reach you know differing levels of imbalance it's going to give us more motivation to find those keys to find refinding our own balance. And so I think culturally, I mean, I already see it, right? Like meditation wasn't trendy 15 years ago, wasn't cool, was kind of scary. And most people wouldn't even consider doing it. Now it's like everyone's into meditation and mindful awareness. I saw that in New York City at Saks Fifth Avenue, they're now doing like sound gong baths and cacao ceremonies. So it's like, whoa, the world's kind of gearing up to be ready for this kind of thing. And uh, I think at a certain point, it'll happen really quickly and it'll, you know, one day just seem pretty normal. I want to ask you about devotion because you've worked with your teacher's flower essences um, for seven years before you ever started to collect your own and you've put in... countless hours of work in your personal practice before deciding to create your own line of products. And, um, I'm curious about what about this work keeps you so dedicated and focused day after day? Yeah. I mean, I originally got super excited when I first discovered the flower essences because, um, I was studying all different forms of natural remedies. And when I met this teacher from Spain who was teaching about the flower essences, he was not just teaching like, okay, mustard flowers for sadness. He was also saying that if 3% of the world's population were taking these forms of remedies, it had enough power to it in terms of the ripple effect, uh, if you want to call it the tipping point, that it would change the outcome of the future of our planet. And I didn't exactly know what that meant, but it sounds really good and like something I could totally get behind. And that's what initially... Um, you know, gave me the the impetus to really get behind these remedies. When I had my own consultation practice, and I was doing that for 10 years or so, I really could start to see it real time, like exactly what he was talking about, in terms of like, one, you know, one woman comes to me, she starts taking flower elixirs, she goes home, her whole family transforms. And then she starts telling me about uh, extended family members experiencing changes or people at work treating her differently. And so I could really start to see real time examples of like, how actually does this ripple effect work? And I mean, I think, you know how they say like, you need to put in 10,000 hours of something before you even sort of dip your toe into what even might be anywhere closer to mastery. And I mean, I logged like, 20,000 hours working with people one-on-one until I finally realized like if I just only saw people one-on-one I I would only be able to see 76,000 people before I died and that would be without vacations and so the only reason we even came up with products in the first place was was to reach more people and I think it just sort of all came for full full circle for me when I started seeing those things and then thinking back to that three percent 
and realizing that, yeah, 3% doable. We can do that. Like I could work my entire life to get us up to 3% in the world and, um, you know, make that kind of impact that we want to. I mean, it's so gentle. Even pregnant moms can take it. Kids can take it. You can give it to your pets. It's like there's no there's no there's no no negative side effects to it. You can take it with medication. So, I mean, even if you just do it as sort of like a funny experiment, um, it, it's really gentle and subtle. And I mean, who doesn't love the beauty of flowers, right? Yeah, I know. I've heard you say, um, "Who can resist a flower? Who who will say no to a flower?" Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> sometimes people will ask like um what do you do about skepticism and I I really welcome skepticism I think there are a lot of things out there that are you know authentic and there are a lot of things out there that are you know I see a lot of like I learned this in a weekend course kind of thing and so you do have to really be careful with what you do and who you believe and what you try uh and at the same time I hate to see skepticism turn people away from really good things. And so I usually tell people, like, embrace your healthy skepticism. Put it on the shelf. You know, if you have an idea you're not sure about, you can always put it on the shelf and just wait till later and see if it makes more sense. Or you can try it for yourself. And, you know, I'd rather try something for myself and know for sure one way or the other versus listen to somebody tell me if it's going to work or not. Um, So... I think by trying things ourselves, we really empower ourselves to be our own best advocates and healers. And um, I think that's a really powerful uh, empowerment in terms of our own wellness. Especially when studies show that 90-some percent of all physical imbalances are caused by some sort of emotional or mental root cause. And so, you know, you think if everything that is happening to me or most everything in my physical body has some sort of emotional root cause, well, then why don't I wind all the way back to the root cause? You know, if you use flower essences regularly, we may even just completely uproot those things and avoid physical imbalance in the future in the first place. Or, you know, you can think of it in terms of like, gosh, I could be taking tons of supplements and medication and doing all these kinds of therapies when Maybe if I just figured out like what caused it in the first place, um, we would more quickly unravel whatever that knot is because you know there's there's a piece of wisdom in there or something we need to learn from whatever that physical imbalance is. Um, and so I think I think that flower elixirs would be really it can be a really interesting tool to help us figure out physically what's happening, emotionally what's happening with us as well. Mm. So it's almost like the willingness to try one of these elixirs is opening a door to say, I would like to upgrade or I would like some healing, even if we don't know what it is. It might even just be bypassing our mind into like, what is that root thing that needs to be addressed right now? And we can just kind of surrender and say, nature, please take care of me. (laughs) Oh, totally. I mean, I think there's a From my experience, what I've seen with working with people and flower elixirs and meditation is that each one of us as human beings has such an incredible, um, vast array of hidden talents and qualities and like empowerment and power and clarity that we have access to that we don't totally know we have access to because it doesn't come through us through figuring it out. It doesn't come through our thinking mind. It comes from a different, a different sort of spacious mind. It's like that Einstein quote: "You can't 
solve a problem with the same mind that created it. And so that's exactly what flower elixirs are doing is like upgrading the software because, you know, whatever kind of messages that we've adopted since childhood or that we've learned or things that are in our genetics, you know, we turn 35 and suddenly everything coming out of our mouth was like, oh my gosh, it sounds like my mother, it sounds like my father, right? We have all these like, my, my flower essence teacher used to say that in every single one of our cells of our bodies, we carry the messaging from six generations worth of ancestry. And so that's another thing the flower elixirs are doing is like helping you decipher, like, where is, where is you in all that? Like, what is you versus, you know, something that just came through your genetics of, uh, you may have like a, a thought pattern that's, you know, I'm not worthy or whatever, let's say, for example. And you might think it's like unique to you when in fact, it's like the same thing that like your grandmother, your great grandmother, your great, great, great grandmother were thinking and somehow it got passed down to you. And so, um, you know, to no fault of theirs, it's just like, well, let's like release the chains and break free from that so that any future generations can be free of that. Um, and so, yeah, it's like deciphering your own song from all of those other types of music that are happening. And that's pretty exciting. And, and, you know, just, just to, just to say like, I may not know, but I know that there's more, there's more of me. I have more capacity. Me at my full potential is going to look completely different than the me right now and being open to that. And from my experience, flower elixirs and meditation are both like incredibly powerful keys to opening those doors for us. Wow. So as people wake up and become more conscious and more aware of the programming that they find in themselves, these elixirs are a tool to support releasing. Like as you, even as you don't, if you, even if you're not aware, it might help you become aware and then it might help you actually shift. Absolutely. hundred mm. percent. And very quickly, like the amount, what I find is that the amount of time we would normally need to gain those types of insights and awareness in say six months is squished down into a month. It's like it, it makes it clearer, sharper focus. We can see it more readily, more easily, more gently. We can accept it more easily. Hmm. Wow, yeah. that sounds very appealing. <laughs> <laughs> so for listeners who want to order your book or products or learn more about Lotus Way, where can they find you online? Yeah, so our website is Lotus Like the Flower and then wei.com. Um, you can find out all about um, the latest goodies and events and retreats and all kinds of other amazing things that we have coming in the future, as well as we're on just about every social media channel. Um, seems to be the, the most popular right now for us is Instagram, um, but we're everywhere. So you can find us anywhere and everywhere. Great. Thank you so much, Katie. No, oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to this month's episode of Moonwise. I hope you're inspired to connect more deeply with flowers and nature in your own life. And I'd love to hear from any of you who have explored working with flower essences yourself. I also wanted to let you know that I have a new article up on moontent.co about redefining power in a way that makes you an ally of life. So check that out and I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you enjoyed our show, please rate us on iTunes and write a review. Our theme music is Butterflies March by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, available on Bandcamp.
That's our show. We'll see you on the next new moon.